Just before the episode begins, here's a reminder that we are on a website called On Podium, where you can find all our episodes, you can find blogs, you can register to become a guest, you can write reviews, uh, you can subscribe from there, uh, including our videos, uh, which go onto YouTube. You can even donate if you want to support us. And um, what's the address, Nick? So it's 2-5-5-1.onpodium.co. On to the episode. Hello and welcome to 251, Two Pianists, Five Minutes, One Subject. And today we're going to talk about the brief but interesting London Jazz Club, Club 11. My name's Simon Whiteside. And my name's Nick Tomlin, and this is 251. Club 11 was a nightclub in London between 1948 and 1950, so it was quite short-lived um, as a venue, but it played a significant role, really, in the emergence of the bebop uh, jazz movement in, in the UK. Um, so it was called Club 11 because um, it had sort of 11 founders. Uh, there were 10 musicians involved and one kind of business manager, uh, Harry Morris. And th some of the musicians involved were people like Ronnie Scott, Johnny Dankworth, Tony Crombie, Lenny Bush. So those kind of um, quite young musicians at the time, really. We're talking about obviously late, um, late 40s, early 50s. Um, and it opened, uh, first of all, at a 41 Great Windmill Street in Soho, um, which was originally a, a kind of rehearsal room, I think. It was just a rehearsal room. And they, it, they, it started off as kind of informal jam sessions. And then uh, the musicians had the idea of actually doing it as a regular club night. Um, and uh, they had originally two house bands. One was led by Johnny Dankworth and the other one was led by Ronnie Scott. And I think really what it was, it was a way these musicians could really experiment a bit with bebop. I mean, they were hearing bebop obviously from records, but also um, a lot of these musicians worked on the Queen Mary liner, which used to travel between Southampton and uh, New York. And it was one of the few ways they could actually get to New York to hear what was happening. And then when they came back, I think they wanted to kind of try some of this stuff out. And this was one of the uh, ways they, they did it, really. Um, mm. And in fact, I've got some quite nice quotes from some of the musicians here about the club. So uh, Johnny Dankwood said, um, Club 11 was an indirect result of Ronnie and me and all the rest of us coming off the boats full of this music and wanting to try it out on someone. Uh, drummer Tony Crombie remembers uh, there was music going on all day from two in the afternoon. Guys would start showing up saying, let's try this number, let's try that number. And it, and it was all rehearsal, even the sessions. And Ronnie Scott, uh, odd faces used to come down to Max and, and listen or jam. So we thought we'd do it one night a week and charge people to come in. And it ended up uh, six nights a week. So that's kind of how the club got going. Um, in 1950, it actually moved to 50 Carnaby Street. Um, however, fairly soon after the move, it was raided by the police. I mean, this happened regularly, I think, in around this time in Soho. Police would just raid these clubs. Um, and unfortunately, a few musicians got arrested, including uh, Ronnie Scott himself, for, for possession of drugs. And you talk, we're talking a tiny amount of, uh, of drugs, really. Um, and the trial actually became quite high profile. I think it was really because a lot of the musicians who were arrested were white and it was one of the first times when um you know the the white community was associated with drug use and i think it, it had kind of been the the thought was that it was mainly the black community but i think you know it showed that it was the white community as well who mm. were involved in drugs and then unfortunately the club kind of folded soon after um but the venue itself um 
after that became a place called the Sunset Club, which was a Calypso club. Um, uh, yeah, one of one of the, the best known really Calypso clubs. Mm. Um, and the and the what's interesting is the venue is, is still there. And um, I think you do you do the Swift Bar, don't you? You play uh, the Swift. Yeah. Yeah. So it, the you know that chain, the the, the Nightjar. Yeah, chain. they're all part of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. so the Carnaby, I kind of realised this because I did a walk recently where I kind of visited some of these sites and I kind of realised that the, the Nightjar Carnaby Street is probably in the same room because it's a basement underneath 50 Carnaby Street. Mm. So I'm sure it's probably a part of um, the same room that the Club 11 actually used to be, which is kind of quite interesting. I've played there. Have you ever done the Carnaby Street? One no, I haven't. I mean, I, I was actually offered it a few times, but um, it's quite a late one, isn't it? It's yeah. It doesn't finish yeah. till one in the morning no, or something. No, no. And um, I, I was in the middle of film work, and I just thought it would kill the next day. Yeah, much. but it's quite interesting that it's still there, and it still has music. Yeah. yeah you know. There's also cahoots, isn't there, in, in that same area? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there were, lots of, I think there were lots of places in that, that particular area, Carnaby yeah. Street area. It's quite a... It's quite a good place for listening to live music at the moment, actually. Mm. Uh, Nightjar's got another one at um, Old Street. Old Street, which I've yes, done I've done that one yeah. quite a few times. Yeah. Uh, do you, does um, Florence Janelle do that with you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mainly did it with Florence. So yeah. yeah. Well, look, we've come to uh, the end. Club Eleven. I didn't get to say much. My name's. Well, I say goodbye. Simon Whiteside. Goodbye. My name's Nick Tomling. Goodbye. <laughs>